This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. Mothers are incredible creatures, uh, and God made them the way he made them. But it takes a woman to respond to motherhood. It takes a, a woman to respond to uh, this calling. And we have a beautiful story. Uh, we read this a few weeks ago in our daily reading in the book of Samuel, where we see Hannah. Hannah is the mother of Samuel, the prophet. And uh, she is a pattern, I believe, for motherhood. Uh, she's quite a good pattern, to be honest with you. And I'm just going to read to you from 1 Samuel chapter 1, and I'm going to read the first 21 verses. It says, And there was a certain man of Ramathim, Zophim, from the, hill, from the hills of Ephraim. And his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth, an Epaphrathite. He had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, and the name of the second, Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of his city from year to year to worship and to sacrifice to Jehovah of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of Jehovah, were there. And the time came that Elkanah offered. He gave portions to Peniah, his wife, and to all her sons and her daughters. But to Hannah he gave one double portion, for he loved Hannah. But Jehovah had shut up her womb. And her foe also provoked her grievously in order to make her tremble because Jehovah had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of Jehovah, so she provoked her and she wept and did not eat. And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? And Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. And Eli the priest sat on a seat by the side post of the temple of Jehovah. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to Jehovah and wept sorely. She vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look upon the affliction of your handmaiden and remember me and not forget your handmaiden, but will give your handmaiden a man child, then I will give him to Jehovah all the days of his life. And there shall no razor come upon his head. And it happened as she continued praying before Jehovah, Eli noticed her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. And Eli thought that she had become drunk. And Eli said to her, how long will you be drunken? Put away your wine from you. And Hannah answered, no, my Lord, I'm a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have neither drunk wine nor strong drink, but I have poured out my soul before Jehovah. Do not count your handmaiden for a daughter of wickedness. For out of the abundance of my meditation and grief have I spoken until now. And Eli answered and said, Go in peace. The God of Israel grants you your petition that you have asked of him. And she said, Let your handmaiden find grace in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. And they rose up in the morning early and worshiped before Jehovah, and they returned to the house of Ramah. And Elkanah 
knew Hannah, his wife, and Jehovah remembered her. And it, came, and it happened when the time had come around, Hannah conceived and bore a son, and they called his name Samuel, saying, because of a, I have asked of him of Jehovah. And the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer to Jehovah the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, until the child is weaned, and then I will bring him that he may appear before Jehovah and stay there forever. And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems good to you. Stay until you have weaned him. Only may Jehovah establish his word. So the woman stayed and gave her son suck until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her in three bowls, one a half of flour, a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of Jehovah in Shiloh. And the child was young. And they killed the bull and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O oh my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here praying to Jehovah. For this boy I was praying, and Jehovah has given me my petition, which I asked of him. And I have returned him to Jehovah. As long as he lives, he shall be given to Jehovah, and, worshiped, and he worshiped Jehovah there. Verse 27 says this, For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition when I asked of him. There's about 10 things I'd like to point out this morning that Hannah did and that I think every woman, or at least every mother I know, that's a godly woman does. And I think that we need to take this into consideration. First of all, Hannah prayed. She prayed for her children. She prayed for a child. I know that praying mothers make a huge difference in someone's life. I know that three years ago my mother died and something shifted in my life. I, I can't tell you what it is, but I, I don't feel the same covering of prayer that I once had. I, I know that something changed after she died. And I believe it's her prayers. I believe that those prayers that she prayed incessantly for me uh, something shifted. I feel a gap. I feel a loss. I, I feel the loss of my mother, but I also feel the loss, I believe, of her prayers. You see, when we have a care, or as a mother, when you have a care, God cares. In 1 Peter 5, verse 7, it says, Humble yourselves before the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Sometimes we think that cares are the things that are overwhelming us. But in fact, cares are the feelings that we carry so that we can carry them to God. Your cares before God means he cares for you. He cares for you because you have those cares. And those cares are things that he puts in the heart of a mother for her children, for her family. And God wants you to take them and lay them at the cross, lay them at his feet because he cares for you. Psalm 91, verse 15, he says, He shall call upon me, or she shall call upon me, and I will answer him. And I will be with him in trouble, and I will deliver him and honor him. Well, I'll tell you what, I think Hannah knew this. In, in a time of trouble, she went before God. She was a woman of prayer. Second, she prayed with sorrow. She prayed with sorrow. Uh, in, in, in 1 Samuel 1, verse 10, it says, She was in bitterness of soul, and she prayed unto the Lord, and she wept Sore. 
Well, I, I know this. I've, I've watched my own wife pray for her children. And I've seen deep sorrow, deep sorrow. But there's something out of that sorrow that I believe touches the heart of God. I believe that, I believe that mothers can touch God in a way that almost no one else can. Amen. And it's sometimes out of deep sorrow. She prayed secretly, verses 12 and 13, and it came to pass that she continued praying before the Lord, and Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah spake in her heart, but only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she was drunk. You know, it's amazing how unspiritual Eli was. But this also answers a prayer for some of you. Do you have to, thank you, do you have to speak to be heard? Well, I, I think that you have to understand, you have to speak, but you don't have to speak out loud. You have to speak from the heart. God sees the prayers of your heart. God says he knows your heart. He knows what you have need of even before you ask. Now, what releases the power of the prayer is when you do speak. And that's why we speak our prayers. But I'll tell you, what, there is a speaking of the heart that sometimes is more meaningful than the speaking of words. <laughs> I think there was a time that uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, would pray out of her heart. She would see all these things. God showed her many things to come. God saw, or she, she, she saw her, her, her son being called. Angels appeared. There, there was a lot of spiritual activity around this woman, and the Bible says that she pondered these things in her heart. I, I believe she was probably another Hannah. She, she prayed the prayers but she kept them in her heart. She prayed these, and knowing full well what was going to happen to her son. She, the, Hannah also prayed presently. You know, many, many people uh, today aren't really present in their prayers. I, I don't know how to explain this, but uh, 1 Thessalonians says it this way in chapter 5 and verse 17. It says, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. There's something about praying Having prayed, praying, and, 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 and praying into the future, it's, 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 a, it's, it's a presentness. It's a, I, I'm involved in this. I'm connected to it. You see, I believe that many times we just need to be consistent in our prayer. And mothers that, I think mothers do that. Mothers don't just pray. They, they carry their children. They're present with their children, even when their children are halfway around the world. It says that she rose up in the morning and worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to their house in Ramah. And then Elkanah knew his, her wife and the Lord remembered her. The Lord remembered her. How, how many of you know that, you know, the Lord remembers our prayers? Uh, she also prayed with power. And we know that because her prayer brought about results. You know, powerful prayers. The Bible says the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man or a righteous woman. is what bears fruit. First Samuel, verse 20, it says, and it came to pass when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son. Well, I'll tell you what it is. That, that's gotta be the best news that she ever heard. She bore a son. She, she, she bore fruit. She, it was powerful. And, and, it, and it was because she asked the Lord, the Bible says. She asked of the Lord. Colossians tells us to continue in prayer and watch 
in the same with thanksgiving. There's a, there's a, a, there's a thanksgiving that comes in prayer. And I think mothers all know too well how to thank God when their prayers and their powerful prayers are answered. I think another thing is this uh, woman, Hannah, and this is a warning, she kept her promise. She vowed a vow, but she kept her promise. Verse 11 says, and she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your handmaiden and remember me, and not forget your handmaiden, but will give your handmaiden a man-child, then I'll give him unto the Lord all the days of his life. There shall no razor come upon his head. Well, I, I, I know this, that when my wife and I were having children, and especially our first child, there was this incredible sense of responsibility, and you know, we planned our children. We uh, we, we did something back then, you know, I still recommend is a natural family planning. We chose to wait four years, and then in, in, in our fourth year, we decided that, okay, now it's time to begin our family. And we, before we even consummated, or even before we had intercourse, I remember we said, let's dedicate this child to the Lord. And each of our children, we said, these children are not ours. We're going to dedicate them to the Lord. And they're for your service, God. You keep them. We'll grow them. We'll raise them. But you keep them. Well, let me tell you something. There comes a time when you have to keep your word. Hannah kept her word. The 28th verse, it says, Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. And it says, and he worshiped the Lord there. All my children are on loan to the Lord. They were my children to raise, to train, to take care of, to feed, to cover, to pray for, to, 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 to guide, to direct, to educate. But they're his to do whatever he pleases. Here's the, here's the point I want to make. Don't make a promise you're not going to keep. Ecclesiastes warns us. It says, when you vow a vow... To God, defer not to pay it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Pay that which you have vowed. Better it is that thou shouldest not vow than to vowest a vow and not pay it. Well, I tell you what, I, I, I have been involved in families that vow vows. They make these claims before God and then they renege. That doesn't always go well with the family. Mothers, Pay your vows. You've prayed some prayers in secret. God, if you do this, and God did it, but what, did, what was your part? I will do this. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Just tap your neighbor and say, I think he's talking about you today, okay? <laughs> Not only did Hannah vow a vow, but she, she, she took this thing seriously. She prepared. She prepared. She, prepared a a pre she prepared a future, or prepared him, I should say, for a future. You know, I always think of Moses. You know, God allowed Moses to be nurtured by his own mother. 
And she must have done something right because for three years she was able to nurture him. She became the nursemaid until he was also three years old. I, I think that was kind of the tradition. That was kind of the, the pattern. Here's Samuel till three. But mothers have this incredible way of bonding with their children and putting the values inside of their children for their future. Moses became this great deliverer and identified with the Hebrews even after he'd been 40 years in Pharaoh's house, but those three years were a preparation by that mother. This woman did the same thing. She nursed that baby, and in the nursing, she prepared him for what was to come, his destiny, his calling. I do not know if you as mothers understand what those first three years are in the life of your child. Psychologists tell us today that within the first five years, you set the pattern for your children for the rest of their lives. Business leaders tell me that they hire for attitude, attitude, attitude. That's something that you cannot train once you hire someone. You either have it or you don't. I believe that the attitude of a child is placed in them in the first five years of their life. And you either prepare your child to have a good attitude or you destroy their destiny by crushing their spirit before they even have a chance. Mothers play an incredible role. She prepared him for the future. 1 Samuel 1.23 says, And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems good to you. Tarry until you have weaned him. Only the Lord establish his word. Let the Lord establish his word in this young man's life. So the woman abode and gave her son suck until she weaned him. 1 Samuel 2.19 says, Moreover, his mother made a little coat for him and brought it to him from year to year when she and her husband came up for the yearly sacrifice. She stayed connected to her son once a year. Once a year. Can you imagine? Made a little coat for him. And listen to this. I love this about Hannah. She was a praiser. She praised God. She praised God. She praised God for answering prayer. She praised God that she was no longer scorned by Paniah. She praised God that, that, that she had a relationship with a living God. She says, for this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. Then she gave God the credit for the answer to her prayers. Well, I'll tell you what, there's nothing better than when a woman knows her, kind of knows her position before God, and she's willing to deflect the glory to God. You know, godly women have a way of not boasting, but they have a way of saying, yes, you know, the Lord has blessed our home. Yes. And, and yet, they're the ones that labor. They're the ones that work. Psalm 50, verse 15 says, and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee, and you shall glorify me. Boy, some of you have been in trouble. When God delivers you, and he will, he'll deliver you from the day of trouble. Glorify him. Psalm 91, verse 15 says, and he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. And then Hannah prayed in Samuel chapter 2 and verse 1. 1 Samuel 2 verse 1 it says, and, she, and, and said, Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. 
My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over my enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. Boy, let me tell you something. This woman knew something about salvation. God had saved her and God delivered her and she rejoiced in it. A rejoicing mother in the home that rejoices over salvation, salvation of her children, the salvation of God, the salvation of the, of, of the way that God's working in their family. There's nothing like it. It sets the atmosphere for the home. It sets the atmosphere for life. Hannah created that atmosphere by being thankful. Mothers, you create the atmosphere in the home. 1 Peter 1, 8 says, Whom having not seen, you love, and whom though now you see him not, Yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Psalm 32, 11 says it this way. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy. Shout for joy. You know, when I reflect on Hannah, when I reflect on many of the women in the Bible, I see this incredible dichotomy, this paradox. With great joy, or maybe I should say it the other way around, with great sorrow came great joy. Every great woman in the Bible suffered terrible things. Sarah suffered at the hand of her husband who was unable to be a man. Abram could not keep her guard her. Abram was a terrible husband, willing to put his wife out in front of him to protect him. He was her, she became his shield. He, she was willing to, he, he was willing to let her be in Pharaoh's harem to protect his own skin. Until he became Abraham. But that woman obeyed her husband. In fact, the, old, the New Testament says she called him Lord. She treated him not the way he deserved, but the way she saw him in the spirit. She, she saw him a different way. Hannah. Hannah had a husband. I mean, this guy's a nice guy. He says, aren't you better to me than 10 sons? He loved her. He loved her. But Hannah found a place in her sorrow that her husband couldn't help her in. Only God could do that. Only God can do some things for you. And let me tell you something, women, mothers especially, a godly woman who adorns herself with that inward virtue is very, very powerful. She sets the tone. She sets the pace. She sets the atmosphere of the home. She sets the atmosphere of the marriage. When the Bible says that a man needs to be respected, when a woman respects her husband, even when he doesn't fully deserve it, it begins to shift things in the spirit. This is the picture of Hannah. This is the picture of motherhood. This is the picture of a good wife. 
Today, we're here to honor, I believe, some of the great mothers, godly women, who desire to raise their children in a godly fashion. Today's Mother's Day. We're so blessed to be able to do this. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.